This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Oh my God, the first Pride. <laughs> that was such a riot. My name is Alex. I use they them pronouns, and this is Stride with Pride. Hello and welcome back to Stride with Pride. I hope you've had a fantastic however long it's been since you last listened to the last episode. It is good to be back in the driver's seat. I hope you all enjoyed Elliot's episode last week. It's quite cool to give over the mic for a change. Um, But I am back for this week and for many weeks after that. (laughs) So it is Pride Month, if you weren't aware. Um... It stems from American Pride Month, um, and I realized that um, I haven't really done any content specifically focusing on it because I am super, super organized, I promise. I'm a professional. Um, (laughs) So I thought today um, I could do an episode focused on the origins of Pride Month um, and why Pride is so important to our community and everything around it and what we represent and things like that. So let's get into it, shall we? So if you don't know, the main sort of event that um, sparked all things around Pride Month and why it's in June, the, the thing that sparked that was something called the Stonewall Riots. So I will give just a bit of context sort of around the whole event and everything that happened um, prior to it. So in America, the US, um, they had, being gay was basically outlawed. (laughs) So everywhere except for Illinois, I think, um, yep, Illinois, they had homosexuality classed as sodomy. Um, which is a Bible term for basically gay sex. Um, And that was completely illegal and you could go to jail for that. Um, As well as that, there was a law that you had to have four articles of gender-appropriate clothing on when you were out in public. And gender-appropriate meant assigned gender at birth. (laughs) So this was essentially preventing trans people from being openly themselves as well as cross-dressers and drag queens and kings. Um, yeah, basically you had to look right or else, basically, or you would get arrested um, or beat up or a bunch of stuff to do with that, which we love, is so fun and fresh and amazing. Mm-hmm. So our setting here is New York. Manhattan, New York, Stonewall Inn. So there were a lot of queer bars around the time. There's this idea that Stonewall Inn was the most popular or the best one. That is not the case at all. (laughs) Um, So there were a bunch of different queer bars um, around and they frequently got raided by the police. So police would just come in and take people, arrest people, um... You know, just 
have people up for being in these communities and this way of life, in air quotes. Yeah, Stonewall was not the most popular. Um, it's just where this event happened, and so it's become sort of famous for this. Um, so it was owned by the mafia, um, which was good in some ways because they paid off cops. Um and so it made it a bit safer for the patrons of the bar. However, they did um, water down the drinks to make it cheaper. Um, and they extorted rich clients, um, like threatening to expose their sexuality or their gender or their lifestyle um, if they didn't give them money, which is <laughs> fun. We love allyship, right? <laughs> um, and there were also no fire exits. So if you've seen that that meme of Homer in a lesbian bar, Homer Simpson in a lesbian bar and being like, hold up, something's wrong here. There's no fire exits. That is what that's referenced to. Um, and I don't think it was just Stonewall that didn't have any fire exits, but Stonewall was particularly dodgy. <laughs> so on the eve of when this happened, so um, the day before it happened was the 27th of June, 1969. Um, and so Judy Garland had just died. Um, so Judy Garland is, was, um, an actor. Um, she played a lot of wonderful things and she also played Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, um, in the original 1939 movie. And she kind of became an icon amongst the queers, um, and specifically asking, oh, are you a friend of Dorothy? Um, was sort of the... Do you listen to Girl and Read of this day? And I mean, like, she sings somewhere over the rainbow. Like, you know, it kind of makes sense, right? <laughs> and also, um, because I'm a nerd and love Shira, um, I think this might also be where, like, Friend of Mara comes from. Like, it might not, but also within the fandom, it is being used as, like, Friend of Mara flopped over hand. Um, so that's a, a fun, spicy Fact for you. <laughs> but back to history. Um, so it was Judy Garland's wake, um, which is sort of like a funeral celebration-y thing. And a lot of queer people had gathered to mourn her. Um, but in typical gay fashion, um, part of that was partying to mourn her. So it was a bittersweet occasion. Um, and so there were many, many queer people who were gathered for this, for this event, and um, they went partying at different bars and things like that. So they partied into the wee hours of the morning, as a bunch of resources say. Um, and so on, it was quite early on um, June 28th, 1969. And this is where things got real. <laughs> so the police raided. Stonewall Inn um, and started, you know, doing their usual, trying to arrest people and bartenders and things like that. But today people were resisting. It's very conflicted as to some people think it is because of the heightened emotion from Judy Garland's wake. Um, and some people also think that it was the energy carried over by the black civil rights movement. But there could be many causes. But tonight people were resisting. Um, there are many conflicting also stories about what sort of sparked everything that happened after that. Um, but one of the sort of 
main ones. There's uh, there's a few people who are said to have been involved um, with this. Um, so one of them was called Stormy DeLavery, um, who was a really cool butch lesbian bouncer and also drag king, which is really cool. Um, it said that uh, she had a scuffle against the police as she was being arrested and kept trying to escape. Um, and that she was, she had fought with at least four policemen for about 10 minutes um, and was hit on the head with a baton um, and was bleeding and still fighting back. Um, and it said that a crowd of hundreds had gathered around and she looked towards the crowd and shouted, why don't you guys do something? Um, and that's when everything went berserk. Um, there's also stories about someone called Tammy Novak who was – so had lived with some of the mafia people at Stonewall, so she had an in, um, and she was a trans woman, um, and she had a bit of an in on the whole situation um, uh, of the bar, not the not the raid here. Um, but it's also said that she got arrested as well and um, helped start sort of stuff that happened as well. Um, there's a lot of conflicting stuff, um, even from first-hand accounts of things going around. Um, you know, there were a lot of things happening at the time, so there isn't exactly clear um, historic, historical facts. Um, <laughs> there's just stories and what is left and heard. Um, and some of the people are still around today, and there's a lot of information you can find out there, like just Google YouTube Stonewall Riots, and you'll see um, there is there's a bunch of documentaries as well on Mushby Johnson, who we're going to get to, um, but there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> So, like I said, the people went berserk. Um, they were throwing bottles and rocks, uh, anything they could find, at the police. Um, they were pushing through barricades that the police had put up, um, <laughs> and they, they were just actively fighting against the police. Um, the, the police had locked themselves in the bar then, um, and uh, it was promptly set on fire from the outside. Um, so that's fun and spicy. <laughs> Um, police reinforcements then arrived um, and managed to get the cops out of the bar um, but by then the mob had grown to thousands um, and the police did try to disperse the crowd um, but it didn't disperse for long. <laughs> um, one passerby um, comments that the cops were totally humiliated. This never ever happened. They were angrier than I guess they'd ever been because everybody else had rioted but the fairies were not supposed to riot. No group had ever forced the cops to retreat before, so the anger was just enormous. I mean, they wanted to kill. Um, and this is Bob Kohler, who was walking his dog past the riots. <laughs> Which, like, this this was early in the morning, but okay, go off. So then that day, um, which was a Saturday, the 28th, um, people during the day came and stared at the blackened remains of Stonewall Inn. Um, and some of the people who were involved in it had started to graffiti the walls with things such as drag power, they invaded our rights, support gay power, and legalise gay bars, as well as the bold statement, we are open. So the riots continued until the 1st of July, um, and some of the riots had um, kick lines of street queens singing... Um, we are the Stonewall girls, we wear our hair in curls, we don't wear underwear to show our pubic hair. Um, and that was in the tune of the Howdy Doody theme uh, song, 
um, which was a show at the time. Um, and there were a lot of a lot of different things happening. It was a riot um, and, well, an uprising really. But um, so Marsha P. Johnson um, sort of got involved with this and she, she did lead a bunch of stuff. She is a queer woman, of, a trans woman of colour, um, very, very important towards the foundation of everything to do with queer stuff. But I'll talk more about her a little bit later. She climbed a lamppost and dropped a heavy bag onto the hood of a police car and shattered the windshield. Hell yeah. Um, and her friend, Su- Sylvia Rivera, um, rocked pol- and a bunch of other people rocked police cars with the cops inside. And so these all continued until the 1st of July. There's also some rumours that Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera were said to were also said to be the people who resisted arrest or threw the first bottle or brick or stone. Um, but uh, Marsha P. Johnson actually said in an interview that she didn't arrive until the uprising was well underway. Um, so you can see that history gets a bit muddled. <laughs> so this event has had a lasting legacy and impact upon queer rights activism in general. Um, this was one of the one of the first main times that queer folk had fought together and come together within the public eye. Um, they weren't the kickoff for all queer rights stuff, um, but it, it was the one that sparked the biggest efforts afterwards. Um, and so, I'm going to talk a bit about the legacy now. So, in the aftermath, the Gay Liberation Front was formed. Um, so, it's it's what it sounds like. It's an organization that was for the liberation of gay people or queer people. And, and one of their first um, sort of acts as an organization was um, organizing a march to continue the momentum of the Stonewall Uprising. And they also denounced racism and uh, declared their support for the Black Panther Party, which is pretty cool. And they took an anti-capitalist stance um, and um, sort of attacked the sort of heteronormative ideals of the time, which was very cool, very cool. And in 1970, um, here's where we get back to Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. Um, These are just the most well-known of the two, but there are a few others who were involved in the GLF. Um, They also formed the group STAR, which stands for Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries. Um, And they focused on providing support for gay prisoners as well as housing for queer youth um, and street people. So people living on the street, but also um, street queens and things like that, um, and and very much focused on helping street queens as well. So young trans people, basically. So essentially, the Stonewall riots was an uprising against oppressive systems towards queer people, trans people, all of that. It was a riot. Um, there were things thrown and broken and all things like that. And it was actively working towards changing laws um, and fighting for the good. Um, and it did. It Good came from that. So much good came from that. We now have organizations, so many organizations that work towards helping trans youth and laws have changed, gay marriage is legal in a lot of places, it is still 
It is. It is very much still illegal and punishable by some very bad things to be gay in a lot of different countries. But because of this, things started being pushed forward, um, and we wouldn't be where we are today without this. So I, I would say it's it's quite important in our history, and it's something that is important to know about. It's why we have Pride Month in June to honor this. Um, and yeah, no, I just think it's pretty important that we as queer people know our history. So now I'm going to talk a bit about why pride is so important. I mean, a lot of us queer people, you know, are aware of why it's important. But for those who aren't necessarily as aware, this bit's for you. So we have pride, obviously, like I said, to remember Stonewall. We have it in June to commemorate this and commemorate all the groundwork that was set in place so that we are able to be open and proud about ourselves in public today. And we have pride for those who are unable to, for those who can't come out, for those in other countries who would be punished for showing who they are. We are prideful because they can't be. We are celebrating that we can be prideful of who we are, but we're also celebrating for those who are unable to and for those who might never be able to, which is a horrible thought, but we will do it with them in mind. We are prideful because we were taught to be ashamed of this. Society teaches us that it's not okay to be outside of this amandonormative, heteronormative, binary structure that is so overbearing in our society. And we go against that. And we're taught that there's this shame in that and then we must be ashamed of that. But this is a time where we show that we're not ashamed. We are who we are, loud and proud, no matter what the people who say we shouldn't be are saying. It's for remembering the power of diversity. The first people to do things towards pride and helping things out were queer trans women of colour. We need to remember that coming together different voices from all walks of life creates a very, very powerful one, united force. And it's so important to have different voices from all walks of life in part of that and creating a new way of society. It's to help us with accepting who we are. I know that it was really important for me to see people like me being happy in themselves. And so showing that we are happy in ourselves is so important for the people who might not necessarily be at that point yet. We can show them that it's okay to be themselves out in public, out loud. That is so, so important. We're reminding the world that we won't be silenced and we won't be forgiving how we've been wronged so easily. We are not going away. We are here, and we are here to stay. That is not going to change. We will keep fighting until we have our rights. The right 
to be who we are in the bodies that we want and addressed how we please. We will keep fighting. We do this to honour the activists of the past for their work, to honour our history and to honour all the people who have fallen for this. It is a time of celebration, yes, but also a time of mourning. We celebrate the past and what people have done, but we also mourn that they needed to and that needed to lose their lives for this cause. We're raising awareness and educating people. It's a wonderful time for bringing out all the educational resources. The focus is on us for once, and we get to educate people about us. We can tell people about us so that they can be more accepting we need to educate people and it is absolutely not your job to educate people if you are not in the right mindset, if you don't feel up to it. But it is a time for educating people and spreading awareness so that we can be more understood in the eye of the public and that will aid us in our goal. It's a time for celebrating our uniqueness and being unapologetically queer. In our lives, it's so often that we hide who we are or don't completely show all of us. We dim it down for the general public. We code switch. We mask. This is a time to let out who we truly are, to be as queer as we possibly can, to be truly, truly us. For once. And to celebrate that, you know? We get to be joyful in who we are. Be proud, stand tall, and just be happy. As I've said before, so much of our journeys, of our community, of everything, and especially how we're portrayed, is focused on suffering. But this is a time to be joyful, to resist through our joy. We get to be happy too. Our journeys are not focused around suffering. Sure, it is a part of it. It's a big part of it because of the way that society deals with us. But us being happy in who we are is such a powerful thing. And that's something that we need to keep in mind. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Queer joy is resistance. If you're a marginalized group whose identity in the media and in things that the general populace consume is focused on the suffering, on the bad things that have happened to your group, being able to show your joy and be happy in yourself when society tells you that you shouldn't be, being able to be happy is an act of resistance. So just by being you, by being happy and being proud in who you are, you are resisting a society that tells you you shouldn't be who you are. So you can look them in the face, stare them down and say, you know what? I am happy being me. There is nothing you can do to change that. And I, for one, think that is... Very cool of you.
For this week's Creator Spotlight, I wanted to spotlight a bunch of queer creators of colour to acknowledge sort of the roots of this whole month. Um, and so here goes. Um, so the first one is Mac Doesn't. You've probably heard of him if you're within the community, but he is a feral, unhinged um, YouTuber. Um, it's just Mac, M-A-C, does it as one word, um, as the YouTube name. Very very unhinged <laughs> YouTuber. He does lots of um, reacting to gay commercials, anti-gay things, but he has done a couple of videos um, sort of dissecting how people have come out over the years and uh, sort of reflecting on that as well. Um, and I really enjoy his videos. Second one is Not Cory on YouTube. So not C-O-R-R-Y as one word. And he is a YouTuber as well. He's no offences boyfriend if you know who no offense is um and he does a lot of really great content around well around a lot of things actually um i really like his um his video on marvel's gayest superheroes and why they're the best but yeah lots and lots of content love love him very much the next one is uh one of my friends actually um they're an artist um and their at is at tired cloud with two d's um one word on Instagram and they make a lot of amazing art um, you should go follow them and like all their stuff because they're really cool and lastly we have a list of queer cosplayers of color on Instagram so there is simply.honey um, and honey is h-u-n-n-i there is underscore d-e-e-z-u-m-a-k-i underscore um, there is at grim barks so G-R-I-M-B-A-R-X. There is at M-A-R-M-G-E-I at Marmji. There's at Renberry at W-R-E-N-Berry, one word with an underscore afterwards. King Kitsu, King K-I-T-S-U, one word. Kid Corvid Cos, all one word. Um, and Cos is C-O-S. Auto Fixation, Auto, and then P-H-Y-X. A-T-I-O-N. There's at Jacob Hexa. Um, Hexa is spelled H-E-X-A. And the last one is ongoing underscore mono, monochopsis. Um, and that's M-O-N-A-C-H-O-P-S-I-S. So if you're looking for cosplayers to follow, go follow them. This is absolutely by no means an exhaustive list of all of the queer creators of colour out there. There are so, so many more and... Um, it's part of our jobs of being anti-racist to go and look for them and go look at the amazing content they're doing um, because they're wonderful and fabulous and deserve your attention. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Stride with Pride. I hope you have enjoyed it and learning a bit about our history. Um, if, if you didn't know about it before, you're welcome. Um, and if you did, um, a little refresher. Don't forget to follow this show on Instagram at stride.with.pride um, and check out any things that get posted there. I promise that I will update things. Um, <laughs> but for now, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a fantastic day, afternoon or evening whenever you are listening to this. And don't forget to be prideful and to spread your joy. See you next time. Bye. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. 
This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.